Welcome to machine learning. Well, I'm back on natural language processing and uh, I was able to uh, successfully use tokenization and uh, vectorizing to find uh, similar statements that Trump made. So uh, what you do is you set up all your sentences in a, a data frame and then uh, you feed that data frame to a tokenizer and a vectorizer and then it uses cosine and a score uh, on each one of the words to find proximity so then it finds similar similar um, words to the word pattern that you're looking for and it gives it a score and then if you have you just select the sentences that um, uh, have a, a high score equal to uh, the the um, amount that you you have as a threshold and then, so that might be 90% or it might be 30% or so. I think I use like 30%. So if it had 30% of the content, then I considered it a match. Um, one of the things that I, I realized when I was doing this is uh, that I didn't want to use an index on an array. So my, my, I was accessing my... Um, sentences that were a match from the score my scoring which returns back a data frame of sentences with the match and their index and I didn't want to um, I didn't want to have I wanted to use to access those sentences and so I was using a, an index thinking that that was the way to uh, access the data and what I was noticing is that it, it didn't quite work correctly because what it was returning back to me wasn't an index, it was returning back to a key uh, location. So instead of using the index, I used uh, iLoc, uh, iLocation. And, and that's a better way to do it. Um, and then it, then it all worked out. But, you know, you, intuitively you would think, well, I can access it by an index inside of an array, and that should, that should return the correct value. But it, uh, it was having a problem, so I used iLocation and it worked. So um, what I'm doing now with uh, the sentences is I'm looking for uh, keywords based on bag of words and so the idea behind that is remove your stop words remove your punctuation remove uh, uh, words that you want to ignore and um, what you're left with is the words you want to count and so what you're looking for is uh, frequently used words that uh, you can count and you can also uh, look for the part of speech that the word comes in. So uh, one word, way to do this is to do the natural language processing and then have it parse the sentence and return back to you uh, the different parts of speech and then only grab the nouns. 
So, because that's what you want the topic. You don't want adjectives, adverbs, verbs. All you're concerned about is the nouns. And so then that will even improve the topic uh, more by just grabbing the nouns that the sentences are producing. Okay, so then uh, what you can do is for each sentence, you get the bag of words, uh, you get the, the word count that are just nouns, and then you can uh, combine the, you can combine each one of the different tuples. So it's returning back a tuple um, with, there's a function called count, and you pass it your tokenized uh, words, and then it, it returns back tuples with counts. And so the next thing, once you've gone through all the sentences, you can um, you can then look to see um, you can combine the tuples together that are have the same word count or words and and summarize the counts on the tuples. And that will then uh, surface a word that, and then rank it, uh, rate, uh, sort it from uh, largest to smallest. And that will return the word that is most frequently used in the article. And the idea is that that noun will probably represent the content of what that article is about. So I noticed with like Trump's speech, uh, tweets that as I do this um, the content is starting to come out I, I can see that you know some things he's talking about taxes he's talking about capital gain taxes he's talking about uh, the economy he's talking about um, Keystone he's talking about military defense China Iran North Korea these the, the words are starting to surface and uh, and then I can use that to categorize sentences that have those particular keywords in it so then I uh, that I can group the tweets by the keywords so I can have something where it says economy and then the the these uh, tweets that he said on the economy will be grouped together so that's the advantage of, of the groupings and you can store those groupings in the data frame itself um, I'm, I'm storing the tokenized sentences in the data frame, and I can also then store the groupings. Once I go through this, I can store the groupings uh, per sentence based on once I find the most uh, the most important groupings that I want I'm interested in, then I can uh, 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 query those those sentences by the different groupings group names or labels it's like put the labels in there and you want to kind of think of things like that in terms of stages like where am I going to put this data I'm going to have it all in separate lists or am I going to use the main data frame and then one later I can do a filter on the data frame to pull the content one thing that's nice about NLP is that everything kind of works in a pipeline you, you, you alpha you start off uh, with your sentence uh, you remove punctuation, then you you uh, you check to see you're only interested in alpha, so you could run it through a compre list comprehension and extract only the uh, words that are alpha. Then you can uh, uh, get the stem 
word or the, the original word uh, and that's called uh, lemmatization and you can get those words uh, so that you're not dealing with all these variations of the word you're dealing with the root word or the short word <clears throat> um, so it has a way of reducing down the number of possibilities like stop stopping uh, stops you could reduce that down to the original root word which probably would be stop and so then by doing that then it makes it easier to group uh, things together by that word same with the nouns you might have a, a plural noun like cars car um, uh, card I guess card, I don't know if card is a word. But uh, anyway, the original word might be car. And so by reducing it down to that original word, uh, you're, you're getting content that's, um, you're not getting a bunch of variations that are the same, basically mean the same thing in the root. Well, natural language processing is important. And I've been thinking about how, uh, Again, once you, you get the sentences, uh, how to use the sentences, tweets, to go out there and search the internet automatically. So uh, one of the things that I'm doing is searching for the content that verifies the tweet that Trump's saying. So I'm looking for facts that will support you know, his claims. He'll say like something like uh, um, that uh, uh, Keystone pipeline would bring X amount of barrels, millions of barrels of oil to the United States. Okay, so now I need to go verify that fact and see if that fact is correct. What are, what are the facts related to the Keystone Pipeline? Um, also, you know, what is our national debt? He'll give a quote on, you know, in 2016 national debt, I think was uh, $16 trillion or something like that. And, uh, and I need to then, can I go back, look at for some government uh, data, query it automatically, maybe, and uh, and uh, you know, query the search engines and, or query different sites automatically, where I can uh, scrape the data uh, from the site, or I can access a REST API and gather the data that way. Um, there were some databases out there, public databases, open source. They had things like movie titles. And uh, I, I used that, I got a private key, and then I put that key in, um, and it was able to run my query and, and uh, pull back some uh, titles on movies. There's, I think, you know, 45,000 movies or something in that, in that database. So I could make a RESTful call. So these are different ways to access the data that's public. And I think what's gonna happen is um, as more data becomes available, that uh, there'll be sources almost like Power BI, where it'll have a simple interface to that data source, public data source, and you just input the, your key, and then it stores that in its uh, repository, and uh, then you can access that data, and then it can you could feed things like uh, it would say like for a movie you were looking for a certain 
uh, genre or you're looking for a certain keyword, you could feed that into a filter, parameter string, or a uh, post uh, body, form body, and uh, send that into the API and get the results back. So you can have the Python doing a lot of the data gathering automatically, and you, you could have one data source or you could have a thousand data sources or more. And so I think the more data sources you're going to get, the more standardized the interface has to become. And so public uh, data that has more standardized interfaces are going to be used more because they can be automated and the automation will provide lots of, of a rich data <laughs> experience for the end user. Um, and so, yeah, this is just one area where, you know, analyzing a person's tweets, but he's a fairly important person. And then there's, you know, there could be, you could apply this to celebrities, you could apply it to uh, politicians, scientists, uh, public figures that are in the public light, and you can then be aware on a constant basis, you know, what they're saying, and whether what they're saying is uh, truthful or not, because you could have different sources that you immediately use as source references to verify uh, if the content, what they're saying is true. Maybe they misquote something, or, or uh, maybe the facts don't line up with what their statement. And so that would drop the confidence ratio if the facts, if you, know, you couldn't find facts to verify their statement, maybe it's not uh, publicly known. Maybe it's uh, you know information that is difficult to find or uh, is privately held. And so the, uh, that, that, those are the things that uh, then become a challenge because the search engines can't find that information. But we live in a time, I think, where the general public is thinking about business intelligence, and uh, I would call this one not public business intelligence. I'd almost call this public intelligence, because uh, uh, maybe the average person doesn't know how to access a RESTful API, but they do know how to open a Python script, and maybe in the future Jupyter will be installed automatically from IE browser. It's really amazing that I have to go through Anaconda to install my libraries. I, I it just, uh, you know, you got Conda, and why is it that uh, um, IE browser cannot um, have Anaconda automatically installed uh, into IE browser? And so the way it would work is that when you do an import or a from, uh, it would see if the library's there. And if not, it'd ask if you can install um, the using Conda. It would have a, a list of, of possible libraries that it could install, and the, and then you would just say yes, and you would uh, specify the environment you wanted it to install to, and it would install your Python libraries, and then you could run your Jupyter lab notes from uh, IE, and um, it really makes sense that Microsoft would do that. And I don't know why they haven't. So hopefully Microsoft's listening and uh, gets inspired to uh, be more friendly with Python.